You are listening to the Movie Clubhouse podcast. Tune in multiple times a week for brand new reviews. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Movie Clubhouse podcast. The perfect place to be if you love movies as well as TV. Now, we hope you're all doing great out there in the villages, suburbs, and cities. And we hope you have watched a lot of exciting movies and TV in the last couple of days. If there are anything you want to discuss with us or me here at the Movie Clubhouse podcast, feel free to reach out to us at the mail that's in the show notes or at any of our socials that can be found also in the show notes or video description. But today we have a brand new review outlined for you. And it's nothing else than the first part to our What If series review, season two of What If, Marvel's What If. Exactly. So we will divide this series review up to two parts. This is part one. And there will be a part two coming in the coming days, or maybe just in tomorrow after recording this video. At the time of recording this video, we have seen all the nine episodes. And today we will be talking about episodes one through five. Those are the episodes we will be talking about today. So without further ado, let's get straight into today's review. As we said, we have just finished seeing What If Season 1, not Season 1, Season 2. What If Season 1 released a couple of years ago, maybe one and a half year ago, and we really enjoyed that season. But we can positively say that Season 2 has been even better. Really enjoyed Season 2. Uh, there have been one episode released per day this time around, from the December 22nd to December 30th, uh, which is yesterday when recording this. There have been one episode per day, so that's a little bit different release cycle, but it worked really well, I think. Uh, and the stories in this what if what is it called? Not not uh, it's called something in this series basically. The stories are being told by the watcher, played by referee Jeffrey Wright. And these are some interesting and unique stories from the Marvel multiverse which is being told by Jeffrey Wright. And we can say as much as this. They are really great, the first five episodes. They are fantastic. And we can say as much as first episode is nothing else than... The first episode is nothing else than episode one, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? And I think this story is a really, it's an okay story. It's not my favorite episode by any means, but it's a really, it's an okay story. The voice acting on the other hand is really exceptional, and it's Karen Gillan who reprises her role as Nebula, uh, as we have seen her previously in, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers Endgame, I think. And this style of this episode is really a detective and more cyberpunk style. I think it's an interesting style choice for this episode. It really works and makes the environment seem interesting. But it's still not all the way there for me when it comes to environment design or the visual layout. When it comes to the character and casting, I, I love the additional characters in this episode. For example, such as Groot, uh, the stone guy, which is called uh, Korg, Korg, played by Taika Waititi. He's really funny. And we also see Howard the Duck. And we also need to put in a small spoiler alert here. 
because this is a spoiler filled review of What If Season 2. So if you haven't seen the first season, or the first season and the second season, maybe go watch them before you watch this review. But I think the character chemistry in this first episode was really interesting and strong. This little character rooster that has, that is shown up, that consists of Howard the Duck, Korg, Groot, I think there's someone else maybe, and Nebula. They really have great chemistry together and forms their own a little bit type of Guardians of the Galaxy style team. And I think that's really great. Uh, but of course Nebula was the star of this episode. When it comes to the casting information of the whole of What If Season 2, we can say so much as Jeffrey Wright is playing The Watcher, as we said earlier. Steve Rogers is played by Josh Keaton. Peggy Carter is played by Hayley Atwell. Lake Bell is playing Natasha Romanoff. Thor is played by Chris Hemsworth once again. Shadwick Boseman plays Black Panther. Rip Shadwick Boseman, he was so great in Season 1. Sebastian Stan reprises his role as Bucky Barnes. Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange once again. Samuel L. Jackson is play, playing Nick Fury once again, and he's great. And Tony Stark is played by Mick Vinjert in Season 1 and Season 2. Sadly, RJJ does not replace his role as Tony Stark. That would be great to see. That would have been great to see. But uh, I think Mick Vinjert does a great job as this version of Tony Stark, basically. So that is basically all for the casting information of What If Season 2. There are, of course, many other actors involved and actresses, but these are the main few actors and actresses. Act actors and actresses. And Elizabeth Olsen is playing Wanda in, uh, I think, three episodes in this season also, so it's great to see her back as Wanda Maximoff. But that is basically all for the casting information. Coming back to Season 1, and not Season 1, why do I keep saying Season 1? Season 2... Episode 1, What If Nebula Joined the Nova Corps. I think it was a great episode. It's, it was really solid. There were some funny moments when it comes to the more humor, humorous tone of the episode. There were some really fun moments. I can't really recall the moments now. But there were some funnier stuff involved. And that's always great to see when it's animation. When it comes to the overall action and animation in general, I think there were some weaker action scenes to this episode. There were nothing special at all from the action, really. I think the animation was the same as previously. It was pretty darn, it's a pretty darn solid animation in what if season one and two. So I won't blame it on animation. It's, it looks really darn good. But I think it was nothing that will blow me away in terms of the animation. It looks great. I think the faces are a little bit, a little bit frozen in the animation, but I think that's how it's supposed to look. So I think the facial animations are a little on the weaker side. But I still think the animation looks really solid. So there were also some cameos to this episode. For example, as a name, or I don't know if you can call them cameos, but for example, John Do showed up for a short while, but he died basically, so rip John Do. But there are some cameos, for example, Howard the Duck is in this episode, so they, that's that's nice, of course. It's always fun to see some really good cameos. But overall, I think this episode, if What If Nebula Joined Nova Corps, is a great start to What If Season 2. It's the first episode, but it doesn't show the full capacity of what a series like this can do, exploring the multiverse. So we'll therefore go on to the second episode, which is What If Peter Quill Attack Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Now, this episode, I think, is a better story. 
it felt really interesting and thrilling, but it has this more ground and tone to it. It doesn't, as in episode one, it doesn't explore a cyberpunk world. It's more, I think it's the 1980s Avengers that's in this episode. So that was really fun to see. So it's a more grounded tone and it's more about returning home for Peter, I guess. So that's a lot about what this episode is about, returning home to Earth. And when it comes to action and visuals, I think there were some better fighting scenes in this episode with the 1980s Avengers. So we do get to see some, not, I guess, older Avengers. But I think that's still great. It's not in WoW, but it's still pretty darn solid. The environment and sets were exciting. There's a fight, uh, an amusement park, or it's, I don't know what the place is called exactly, but it's a fight at an amusement park. And I think that looks really good visually. And as I said, the animation looked pretty darn solid for what this series is. It's not the best animation I have seen, but it's a really, really good animation. And when it comes to the character and overall casting of this episode, there's a really cool team, an interesting roster of characters, as I said, with these 1980s Avengers. We got to see an older version of Black Panther, kind of like Black Widow, but it's not Black Widow. Uh, I think one character is called Go- Go- Goliath, uh, some version of Ant-Man, basically. And I think we get to see some other characters as well. Or we get to see, I don't really know the names. Chris Hemsworth returns as Thor in this episode. Michael Douglas is Hank, uh, as we see in the Ant-Man, Ant-Man movies. So some original MCU actors return and doing, the vo- doing their voices, and that's great to see. But it's also really lovely to see some fresh blood get thrown into the series with some new characters, or characters that we have seen before but are returning. We also get to see a really interesting cameo of Goose the Cat from Secret, not Secret Innovation, from Captain Marvel as well as the Marvels. And that's really interesting to see. Goose is such a cool character. Uh, Sebastian Stan, I also need to say, returned as the Winter Soldier in this series, or in, uh, in many episodes of this series. But he returns in this episode especially. And I think he's a little bit mystical, a little bit more tense than the other characters, as the Winter Soldier might turn out to be as a character. And I also need to mention that this Goliath character is... He's basically a young Bill Foster, as seen in the Ant-Man films. So I think that's a really interesting character as well. There were some weird cuts to this episode. For example, how a character ended up in a new one place really fast after appearing in another place. So that was a bit weird. That's my only critique, basically, of this episode and this series in general. So there were some weird cuts and a little bit weird pacing at times. But that's probably pretty much fine because it was such minor moments. And we get to see some familiar sequences, in especially this episode. What if Peter Quill attacked the Earth Mightiest Heroes? We get to see some familiar sequences, but they do not drag on too long. It, we just get enough details to get the backstory about these sequences that we might have seen earlier in the MCU. And I did not recognize all the characters in this episode, so pardon me if I forget some characters. But that still felt positive and made one curious that you get to see some new characters that you may have seen earlier, but you aren't that familiar with. And I would say this episode is better than the first episode with Nebula. And there also was some really funny moments in this episode as well, with especially some of the characters and their dynamics. 
So I think this episode two is even better than the first episode. I won't give the episode a rating, but I will rate the series towards the end. So I would say that what if Peter Quill attacked the Earth's Mightiest Heroes is even better than the first episode. But that leads us into the third episode, which is, which is what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? And this story, and I think this was a really fun story. It's not the best story of them all, but it's a really solid Christmas story. You really felt Christmas spirit in this episode. I would say, this, as the Watchers say, it's a good Yuletide story. It's a basically a good Christmas story. Or Yuletide story, depending on what you want to call it. I think it's a really fun story nonetheless. Uh, when it comes to voice acting and characters, I think there were some incredibly fun moments with certain characters, for example, Happy Hogan. And the really cool design for, as the character is called, I think, The Freak, or Happy Hogan is the Hulk, basically, a purple version of the Hulk. And that character design is really cool, and we get to see him in some later episodes as well. Or one episode, I think, or two maybe. And I think that's a really cool design that I absolutely want to see in live action. But we also get to see a lot about Kay Darcy or Kat Dennings. Is she is so incredibly fun, and she does a perfect job in the voice acting department. She does some great voice lines deliver delivering some great voice lines. Basically, there were also some great voice acting in general to this episode. I think. Uh, some of the Avengers did some deliver some great voice dance, but the main part of the episode is about Happy Hogan and Darcy, basically, and their relation. Not their relationship, but their dynamics. So they, they especially delivered some great voice lines. One critique of this episode, I would say, is that Captain America does not feel completely correct in this episode. I don't know if it's just me. But I think Captain America felt a little bit off in this episode. We don't get to see much of him, but just a tiny bit. And the, the Avengers is just included in the story towards the end, because this is not really their story to be told about. We get to see them in some short scenes in the episode, but it's more about Happy Hogan and Darcy, basically. And when it comes to the action and animation, this is really interesting, because it were, there were an R-rated robot slasher scene, basically in this episode. So it it wasn't, of course, R-rated, but it looked really R-rated when uh, the Freak or Happy Hogan smashed some robots and there were a lot of oil splattering on the walls and etc. And it looked really great. I would say the action in this episode was in the mid-range of greatness or goodness, or what do you call it, in the solidness. It passed by okay. There were some better scenes, like the R-rated scene, as I call it. But overall, the action was in the mid-range. And as, as I said, the facial expressions of this animation is really interesting because it's not too detailed. The faces feel a little bit frozen, but it's still full of expression, I would say. Like, so the faces are still full of expression in this animation, even though they are a little bit frozen. So that's a really interesting thing to notice, at least. But I think this episode was somewhat in the middle of episode one and two. I think, I think the third episode was better than the first one. I don't know if it's better than the Peter Quill episode. But it's still really darn solid. But that leads us to the, to the fourth episode, which is nothing else than what if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? And that's the lost episode of What If Season 1 that should have been in What If Season 1, but it's now in Season 2. 
And this episode has some connection to Warwick season one that we'll get into a little bit later. And I need to say that the connection to What If season one is pretty solid. It's interesting enough. It has a lot to do with this last episode of What If season one with the Guardians of the Multiverse, as they are called. And this was the missing episode from that season. So they have now finished it and implemented it in season two instead. But the question for this episode is, can you have too much fun? For, because this episode turns a little bit into goofiness at times. Or not goofiness, but it turns a little bit goofy at times. That's, of course, funny, but it can hurt the story in a little bit. In a, a little bit, at least. Uh, there were some shield-inducing, good-looking lo- racing sequences to, that, to this episode. Especially with the Iron Man suit trans, trans, uh, transforming into a race car. That looked really, really cool. And that was some of the best effects in this episode. So there, there were some really cool effects. For example, the melting effects when they, they had this, this like this staff, the villains basically, which they could touch with the top of the staff. They could touch some enemies with it, and they melted. Like that looked really good. This melting effect, and it's one particular scene towards the end with the Grandmaster that looked really, really solid. Uh, this race track that was in the in the basically in the episode and it was a lot about this racetrack we spent a lot of time in it and it looked a little bit boring at times but i think it was utilized pretty darn great either way it expanded in some some, some different sequences and it, it was just a racetrack where they were going round and round but it still expanded in some ways, and there was a lot of action going on in this racetrack. I think it was utilized pretty darn, pretty darn solidly. Uh, when it comes to the characters, I think there were some. Gr- it was great to see some actors and actresses return to their characters, but some were missing. For example, RDJ did not reprise his role. I think this other guy that's doing Tony in this universe is doing a great job, but I still think RDJ is missed a little bit. It would be so cool to have him back. Uh, for example, Korg is also in this episode, and he's really funny as Taika Watiti is playing him. There's some really adorable moments with him, but some really funny moments as well. Uh, Thessa Thompson is also back as a Valkyrie in this episode, and Jeff Goldblum is of course playing the Grandmaster. He is a bit annoying, but still really uh, funny, but he's mostly annoying, Just I want to say that. Uh, and Josh Brolin is playing a Thanos at the end of the ep- episode also. A small cameo, if you would call it like that. I think some of the moments for this episode were a little bit too goofy, but I still enjoyed them because I really enjoyed funny stuff, of course. Uh, every episode really reminds me how much I want a What If Star Wars series, though. I really need to say that. A What If Star Wars series would have been so cool. And they can, of course, call it something else, but I would really have enjoyed that. Uh, but I think this episode is... A really solid one is probably something I think it's the best of the four. I don't I don't know really. It's it's better than the first episode, but I don't know if it's better than the fourth or, the, or third episode, the Christmas special episode, for example, with uh, Happy Hogan. But I think it's a really darn solid one at least. So that leads us into the fifth and final episode or part one of What If season two review. And that is, what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? And this episode is mostly a continuation story, which was really interesting to see from previous 
episodes with Captain Carter, basically, if you know who that is. Captain Carter is the female version of Captain America, basically. Or Captain Britain, maybe she's called, because she has a Britain flag on her shield. This was not my favorite episode, but it was a pretty neat one nonetheless. If you like a more darker tone, this is more like Civil War street level tone, I think it's a great episode for you. It had, it had this more rough tone to it. When it comes to the action and visual, I think there was a couple of cool shots in this episode. There were also some really beautiful shots towards the end with some... They, one of the fighting sequences took place in this fake village in like... I don't know if it was in Russia or in like Sokovia or what is what is called in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it, it had some beautiful visuals and it was some really cool shots as well uh, included. I think the fighting was pretty great and entertaining. I don't know if it was the best fighting I've seen, but it was still pretty funny with these robots that in this robot town or fake town that uh, most of the fighting or the episode took place in. I think that was some great and entertaining sequences. The environment and sets also looked great, as I said, this robot town. They were really an interesting place to visit in this pretty far out robot town, the secluded area, basically. And the animation looked not better or not worse. It looked perfect as previously. It looks pretty darn solid. Uh, when it comes to the characters and casting, I think there's some great chemistry between Black Widow and Carter, or Captain Carter. Uh, it's not perfect, but I think it's, it's interesting enough. And I, as we said, it's not Scarlett Johansson that plays Black Widow in this episode. So her, she is a little bit missed, but the actress doing the voice for her is still doing a phenomenal job. So I think that's fine for the most. Samuel L. Jackson also makes a return in this episode. And I think uh, he does a phenomenal job with his part of the voice acting job or poison part of the voice acting. And the characters in this episode overall felt interesting. It was fun to get to see more of Captain Carter. But I think also that uh, Steve in this episode, because Steve is included, he's basically inside the Hydra Stomper. So I think Steve was a bit uh, not there for me. He was... It was probably the look they were going for, but he felt a little bit distant and not really... I did. I, I would have wanted to see more of the relationship between Captain Carter and Steve to be played out, but you only have basically 30 minutes of screen time for these episodes, around 30 minutes. You can only do so much, basically. But when it comes to the humor and tone of the episode, I would say that there was some fourth wall breaking with the Watcher in this episode, and that was really fun to see. That's also some of the funniest, or not funniest, but some of the most interesting scenes of this series when they break the fourth wall. There were some fun jokes also, I need to say that. It was not the funniest episode of them all, which felt a little bit relieving because after this Iron Man crash into the Grandmaster episode, you felt a little bit, you had had too much fun basically. So this episode being a little bit more serious felt uh, nice. It was a bit more seriousness impacted to the episode. Overall, the, it was a good tone and feeling to the episode in general. So I, I enjoyed this episode pretty much. We also need to say that the Red Room makes an appearance in this episode. And they have this flying city, as we see in Black Widow. Uh, really interesting. And there we get to see some interesting ca character chemistry that was not really explored fully for all characters. That I would have liked to see more between, for example, Black Widow and uh, this other 
woman that's basically she calls her mom. I don't know what she's called now, but I would like to see more of the chemistry between, between them explored. But since we have a time wall of around 30 minutes, you, there's only so much we can do with the time. So I think this episode was not my favorite one, but somewhere around the maybe a fourth, third best of these five episodes in the first part of the series. So that was basically all the five episodes of What If, or not all, the first five episodes of What If Season 2. Now, remember, there will be a season... There will, there, there will be a season 3 of the series. We need to say that also. They have, have announced a season 3 and also released a preview clip. So you can find that online if you want to. Uh, but we will have a part 2 of our review featuring episodes 6 to 9. And that's uh, somewhat of the most interesting episodes to the series. So you don't want to miss our part 2 going up in a couple of days after this episode. Uh, but that's basically our review for the first 5 episodes. If you have seen them, Please let us know what you thought about it. You can reach us in the mail, in the show notes or description, or at any of our other socials, that's fine as well. Uh, but we will be so happy to know what you thought of the first five episodes uh, of What If Season 2. But that has basically been our concise review for What If Season 2, Part 1. Until we see you guys next time, have a great time watching. <laughs>